It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to Carcon Carney. Welcome to Monday night. Welcome back to the working week. I'm James Van Alstel. Carcon Carney, sponsored tonight uh, by Siren Records McHenry, one of my favorite record stores on the planet. Not only do they have records, and I, I like buying my records there and shopping around, just kind of milling around for a while until I become a nuisance. They sell audio equipment there. In fact, I got a cassette deck from them, a receiver from them, speakers. I'm at the point where I'm ready to buy a new turntable. I, I have... I guess we'll just call it a starter turntable. It's, it's, a, it's a trusty little thing, the uh, Audio-Technica, like kind of the starter turntable. I think I'm ready to graduate to something more enduring, more more lasting for my shelf. So I'm going to be visiting Siren Records again because they know what they're doing. That's in McHenry on Main Street. Uh, coming up on this show tomorrow night on Tuesday night, Mars Williams from Liquid Soul, the Grammy-nominated Grammy collective from chicago liquid soul mars will be here talking about liquid soul history and if i prod him enough i'm sure he'll also talk about his time with the psychedelic furs or recording with billy idol or recording with the waitresses or any number of things that he's been involved involved with tremendous talented player mars williams tomorrow night and as we're recording this this is episode 579 which i i'm i'm no mathematician but it means we're getting close to episode 600 and i've set as a goal for myself Episode 600 will be a return to the car. We're almost there. We're almost through this mess, this this enduring, never-ending shit show we've been in for the past 12-plus months. Carcon Carne, back in the car, episode 600. No plans for it other than the fact that that's how it's going to work. That's the platform I'll be using for that. Tonight, oh man, this is a treat. Josh Gilbert is the owner of Temperance Beer Company at 2000 West Dempster, uh, one of the craft beer community's standout places breweries uh josh lovely to see you thanks for doing this thanks for having me it's a it's a real honor so the past year i mean no secret it was it was awful it was craptacular for everyone i really enjoyed watching business owners entrepreneurs find their way through it innovating around it i think temperance did that i think the innovations you put in place not only allowed your business to stay afloat but it made it interesting for the community for the people who support you in the process talk about some of the innovations that, that you had to roll with yeah so i just remember going into the evanston trader joe's on march 11th wednesday i feel like that's like all the days of the week like we know that march 13th was friday the 13th and anyway so i was like uh while i'm here like it seemed like a normal shopping trip while i'm here maybe i'll pick up some beans and some more pasta just just in case and then uh there were like pictures on twitter the next day evanston trader joe's and there's just clean shelves and i was like oh crap that was also the day so that's march 12th that we had our uh turns out uh final in-person in in tap room beer release <laughs> um and i was kind of nervous like is anybody going to show up are too many people going to show up you know this is before mask you know, masking was even a thing. And I was just walking around the um, brewery, like, uh, or the tap room. So luckily, uh, to keep breweries clean, which keeps the beer good, it, you you use a lot of isopropyl alcohol. So I was just walking around to customers saying, hey, do you want a little spritz? 
um, <laughs> while you're enjoying our beer. And then um, March 13th, uh, you know, I was just reading these horrible articles. Um, and so that was our last day open to customers. Like we have not had anybody inside since March 13th, 2020. Um, <clears throat> and then overnight, it was literally, okay, well, what are we going to do? And um, uh, it was actually, uh, um, uh, I didn't have any of the good ideas. It was, it was my girlfriend who had the idea. She was like, okay, you're, you have this big private lot. Um, what's more American than a drive-thru? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we could do that. So we started with the drive-thru. That was, I don't remember what the phases were at that point, but started with the drive-thru and then, um, and it was crazy how quickly all the, the, the pictures that you would take and you would want to post on Instagram or wherever became that like looked incredibly irresponsible. Mm -hmm. Like, He's not wearing a mask. I'm like, no, but that was March 20th. We weren't told about masks. You had, to, you had to contextualize everything. Yeah, right. If you post anything where there's like more than one person around, you're like, this is pre-COVID. Exactly. This is January. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So it, it started with that. And, um, you know, people responded really well. Um, mostly, I think, out of pity. You know, I mean, so Evanston has got, um, I think, a lot of... Um, you know, like working professionals who sort of commute to the loop or, or wherever. And so they were just chilling at home, basically working from home. Um, and so they had, they were able to come and get beer from us at noon on Tuesday. So that really helped. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll jump around a little bit because I, I do want to go back to some of the things you did. But since we're talking about Evanston, community is such an important part of any craft brewery's existence. They owe their existence to the community they're in. And I think from the get-go, I mean, temperance has been such a big part of Evanston and Evanston has fed into what temperance is. I think there's no better example of that than what you're doing right now. Uh, let, let's jump right ahead and talk about how this new beer initiative where I'm from is really all about supporting Evanston and the people of the community. For sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Evanston I came back and have been raising my kids here and um, it's, you know, it, it's a progressive town. It wasn't always, but it, it, in the last however many decades it has been and has been groundbreaking in a number of ways. I guess we were one of the first sanctuary cities. And I mean, obviously that doesn't carry maybe the weight of like, you know, a Chicago or New York and LA, but you know, I remember even growing up um, actually I was very confused when like my synagogue had nuclear free zone billboards mm -hmm. up front. I was like, does that mean we're not going to get nuked? But <laughs> anyway, I didn't we're, understand. We're but, good, right? We're okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's always been very progressive. And when I, I learned about the reparations initiative and the fact that uh, one of my friends, Robin, the alderman Robin Ruth Simmons was spearheading this um, in conjunction with uh, uh, another friend of mine. Uh, our So we're in Evanston's second ward. And our alderman is uh, Peter Braithwaite, who is a friend of mine as well. Um, and he was sort of, well, he, he was, you know, part and parcel with, uh, with Robin. And then there was another alderman and Rainey. Anyway, when I, I'm hearing about this initiative uh, and thinking, okay, how can, how can we be involved? Because um, like you said, Evanston is very, it, it's a sort of a, there's a lot of pride among Evanstonians about Evanston. And there, um, uh, there's an incredible diversity in Evanston, and 
the thing, one of the things I love about our tap room back when we had it was that our tap room did not look like a typical, like what you would think uh, the customer base of a craft beer tap room would look like, you know, not a ton of beards and flannel, you know, (laughs) it was a cross section of Evanston. And um, so I knew we wanted to be involved in this, in this groundbreaking initiative and, um, you know, the, the thing, like, I've never run for office. I'm not very political, at least publicly. Um, and so I knew the best way that we could be involved was to, to create a beer that would that would benefit reparations. And it started where you're sending over some of the revenues to the reparations initiative, but now it's 100%. Right. Yes. Like, in between getting the, the first batch of cans printed... You know, let's say thirteen percent. Wait, can you hold it up so we can see the the, the actual yeah. picture on that? Because it's it's a gorgeous can. Yeah, the, oh. the label's fantastic. There we go. There it is. Yeah. Oh boy, there we go. Mirror. Love it. And this was actually, if I could just do a little digression. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> um, it was done by um <clears throat> a local uh black uh young woman, nineteen year old artist whose work um, actually, uh, again, Robin kind of turned, you know, pointed me out to her, no, pointed her out to me. And um, I reached out to her and was like, please, I didn't know she was not of legal drinking age at the time. So when I said, hey, thanks so much for your artwork, um, would love to, you know, would you want to pick up a case of beer? She's like, well, actually, uh, I'm not old enough yet. But anyway, yeah, she's um, she's got an amazing art. Um, if I could do a little plug, her Instagram all right, it's happy go lefty. I, I like that you pay paying people in beer is such a great solution. Well, we paid her in real money and then offered her some beer too. <laughs> Even better, money and beer. <laughs> it's the deal of the century. Yeah. Like go let's go back to the beginning of temperance because yes, you can you can get a beer in Evanston now, but oh man, that was not always the case. That's true. Yeah. When uh when we used to have tours in the brewery, I uh give a little spiel about the, I actually had to become pretty familiar with the, the history of alcohol in Evanston. And um, it basically, 1972, it was, um, and the story I like to tell it, um, is that, I mean, it is true that Holiday Inn wanted to build, um, build in Evanston. And the story I have received is that they presented their plans to the city of Evanston and the examiner said, wait, what's this, um, this thing in the kitchen here or in the, in the dining room? And they said, well, that's a bar. I said, well, you can't, can't serve alcohol in Evanston. And what I like to think they said was, well, then you can't have a Holiday Inn in Evanston. And that Holiday Inn is still standing yeah. at the court of Lake and Sherman. Uh-huh. So it's been kind of a slow burn ever since then. Um, I think, you know, we're not exactly, we, there are no tavern licenses. So you can't just, you know, have a beer in a shot kind of place. Right. You got to have some food. Um, and uh, we don't we don't have any shots. We just have beer. And um, so I like to say that, um, you know, it's Evanston isn't dry, but it, it, it's, it's damp, you know, yeah, it's wetter than it was. Right. <laughs> Which sounds awful. Uh, yeah. So you, you opened the doors in 2013. Yes. So what was that like when you, well, actually let's take one step further back from there. What hooked you into craft brewing? Let's see. There's a little desperation involved. Um, <laughs> Meaning? Okay, so I, I I still am a licensed architect, but I was a practicing architect um, since 1999 and uh, had a two-person practice. 
in my basement in Evanston. Um, and then the, the, the whole mess, financial mess of 2008, 2009 happened. Basically there were really scary articles. Not only did we only have work for half of one person and there were two of us, <laughs> but there were all these articles, both in like the New York times and architecture magazine, you know, like the trade mag saying, eh, you know, like, <laughs> Not sure where this profession's got to go from here. Um, you know, people weren't going to look at their houses as investment vehicles. They were going to look at them as like vehicle investments. Like you don't think of your car purchase as an investment. You're like, I'm going to lose value on this as soon as I drive off the lot. Yeah. So that became very scary. I was home brewing, um, and I started thinking, well, what do I really need right now in Evanston? Oh, a beer. I mean, it, you know, that's like kind of a very yeah. dense version, but, um, you know, it was a sort of a selfish act. I thought, you know, Evanson could really use a brewery, at least one with a tap room. Um, well, and isn't that the secret to successful entrepreneurship? It, identify a problem and solve it. That's what I've heard. That's it. <laughs> that's what you did. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is though, it's so rare now that I can enjoy having a beer in that brewery because like, there's always like, like a, a question from an employee or, or, you know, like, I mean, it's wonderful. I love it. But like anytime I can like sit out and have a, be at the fire pit and like just be with those folks that I came with, whatever. No, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It's just ironic that the brewery that I wanted to create for myself then becomes like, eh, we got to go somewhere else if I'm going to, you know, not work. <laughs> <laughs> like you even have an audience there. That's yeah. <laughs> Studio audience, live studio audience. <laughs> so you opened the tap room in 2013, and this I, the way you're describing it. It sounds kind of like a hail mary, like a a, a lifestyle hail hail mary, a, a well being hail mary. Yeah, and yet it somehow didn't feel that way at the time. It, it felt very incremental and measured, and but yeah, looking back, I was like, whoa, that was that was pretty. So were there were there nerves when you opened the door? Well, was, the, um, was the community there for you right from the beginning or was the, was it a gradual build? So we had like sort of two openings. One was uh, September, should, I, think, I believe 18th, uh, 2013, when we didn't have the taproom open yet. We had just um, sent kegs out and um, um, the, the wonderful people at Prairie Moon agreed to be like our launching pad. By the Holiday Inn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Across the street. Uh -huh. And... Um, it was a very stormy Wednesday and they're like, it's a Wednesday. It's this brewery. Nobody's ever heard of, even though they put lovely posters up. Um, and so I, I remember going there and they were woefully understaffed. They, and they, so like a couple of things happened. Um, first of all, they had to like call staff and say, you need to get here right now. And second of all, they, we had to run and get kegs for the brewery because <laughs> they kept kicking the kegs. So that was a great start. Um, so, and then when we opened the, um, the tap room uh, a few months later on December 20th, 2013, um, it was, it was the best kind of chaos. Like um, it was, I don't know, lines at the bar all the way across the bar, like six to eight people deep. Um, and we were only open for like three hours that day. The problem was we didn't do a soft opening. So we, I mean, my mom was literally behind That's the bar washing glasses <laughs> all hands on deck man yeah if you if you can move grab a glass pour a beer 
Exactly. Uh, and she was just happy to just have her head down and <laughs> wash the glasses on the little redhead, you know. And knowing your architectural architectural background now, it makes sense that the place looks cool. Like it all it all thank you. It all fits now. The funny thing is if if you remember, like there's a bunch of beautiful different colored bricks on the wall. Um, that the tap room itself was originally just like an office space. So boring carpeting, acoustical tile ceiling, you know, drywall the, you know, what you would normally expect. And then, um, when we took everything down, we just discovered that. So it was sort of like a found object was like, Whoa, yeah, no, we're keeping that. I think it was my dad who was like, are we going to paint over that? And I said, no, he said, okay, just checking. <laughs> it, it always feels like. It, there, there's a thrill to going to your place. It's like a, a hidden churn off off Dempster. It's like, oh wait a minute, oh that they're here. Oh, this is great. I love this. It, it's like a, it's not a secret, but it feels like a like a, you got no secret handshake to get to Temperance. I I appreciate that, and like that was, um, I mean, I knew we lucked into that spot. We really, I was really looking at a spot on the other side of that same building, and the landlord said, hey, you know, we got this other one that. That's just opened up. Um, and forever, we basically had a sign that was like this big. <laughs> <laughs> and we got tons of calls, you know, like, where are you? I'm in, I'm at McDonald's. Um, but then we finally, um, one of the other tenants spearheaded a campaign to get, <laughs> get a, a, a real sign. Um, and so we actually have it, have a, have a backlit sign that you can see at night. And like, part of me is like, Thank goodness. And another part of me is like, huh, did, did we lose some of the magic just now? <laughs> now that we're accessible, do we? Is, yeah. <laughs> is the luster gone? Right. I, I Right now, I just want to keep the doors open. So I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice some luster. Well, right, let's go back to that. Because I started this conversation with where we're at now. Uh, covered beer garden. As it says on the website, brave parties of up to six are uncovered with full outdoor exposure. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, you know what? I'm Josh Gilbert. I fucking dare you to drink my beer outside. <laughs> I should really go for more of that. <laughs> Just, come on. Come on, tough guy. You want an escapist IPA? You're going to do it outside. <laughs> Thanks for your support. Yeah, I've been way too welcoming. I should really <laughs> do more of I dare you to drink this beer. <laughs> That's right. So you've got that going on. You've got fire pits. I thought that was brilliant. I, I, I Maybe other people did it. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, you can rent fire pit space. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of it either. And um, again, that, that was near, right. Yeah. Another great idea for my girlfriend. She's the studio audience over here. Oh, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like, uh, I think we started thinking about that actually in August. Cause it's at some point, you know, the, the, the challenge, well, one of the many challenges of the pandemic, but as a business owner, you're like, okay, we're not getting a lot of lead time for like when things are going to change. So how do you plan for that? Like you don't want to buy a ton of fire pits and then they're like, Hey, guess what? COVID's over. <laughs> um, so, and then you also don't want to wait too long. Like with our tent, it, it, like I ordered it. I think that was actually in August, maybe September. I think I waited a little too long. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll have that for you in mid November. I'm like, Oh no, I waited too long. But anyway, yeah, the, the fire pits, um, um, ordered like four. We, um, Evanston likes to, um, dot its I's and cross its T's. So just to be careful, we made sure we talked to the fire department, even mm -hmm. though, you know, and, uh, got approval and had a whole 
um, protocol. And yeah, it's been, it's been nice. I mean, um, like I said, it, you know, um, I talked about me having my own fire, like I've done that at night and it was like, Oh, this is, I mean, I think it is good as an, as an owner or an employee, somebody to have that, um, customer experience too. So you can kind of like, Oh, okay, this is great. Or, Oh, huh. This is kind of problematic. There's something about fire pits. I mean, it, I, I love it. I love sitting outside when it's cool outside. I love sitting by the fire. I love warming up. There's something about having that smell in your clothes the next day where, yeah, you got to throw everything in the wash, but it, it's almost like, like a scar, like reminding mm -hmm. you of, of the good time you had. I, I like when my, when my clothes are all smoky. It's like, Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And it's fire, a weird, I feel like wood fire smoke is way better on your clothes than cigarette smoke back when you oh, go to yeah. bars and you're like, oh, I just got to put this outside. I mean, as a side note, I mean, I'm sure when you were going to shows back in the day before smoking laws, every concert I went to, like I had to basically strip as I was walking in the door because I, I just reeked. I had to take a shower because my hair smelled like smoke. Yep. Yeah. No the beards are worse too. Like if, you know, if we were smoking now, it'd be awful. 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 <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the beers. Again, if you're just joining us uh, on Facebook or YouTube, this is owner Josh Gilbert from Temperance Beer Company, 2000. West Dempster, uh, you have you have your standards never going out of style. I mentioned the escapist uh, that that really that that's a crowd pleaser right there. But I, I think the more mass appeal one would be basement party. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's it's done pretty well. Like it's um, it's funny because we only started brewing I don't know two or three years ago because we'd never done a lager before. But we, we I mean a lot of the beers that we brew, maybe you can tell by like the broad portfolio and like the very unpopular styles that we sometimes brew are mostly like what we want to drink. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do a miles. Yeah. English miles. That's an underrated beer. I think we could probably sell that. Like, I mean, we can, but not at the rate that an IPA. Yeah, you've done some limited things, very esoteric, very, mm -hmm. very unusual. Those, those are Josh beers. as we Yeah. <laughs> It's a collective, uh -huh. but yeah, basement party. I think we're all excited about, it. and it's also one of those things that, um, so people come in, you know, sometimes like, they're like, okay, I'm at a bar. I'll get a Coors Light. We're like, well, we don't, we don't have that. We only have beer that we brew, but how about a basement party? You know? Um, it's like when you go to Aldi and you want to buy fruit loops and they have fruit rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I use that same line every time. <laughs> Somebody asked for a course light. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Aldi. This is this is Temperance Beer Company, for God's sakes. It's awesome. Uh, Basin Party Lager, a, a nice, easy, easy, highly drinkable 4.9 mm -hmm. lager. And, but with, like, nice amount of flavor. Right, as opposed to the swill you drank in your high school basement parties. Exactly. It's a uh -huh. grown-up basement party. Uh -huh. I mean, I... I I flashback. I mean, that was, that was my high school experience. I mean, not that I was drinking underage, but that was my high school experience. Those basement parties. I, I remember me and my dumb buddies would drive down Devon Avenue and buy like black label beer and drink <laughs> it in the basement that, so, I mean, this beer that you yeah. have created for temperance, I mean, it speaks to a, a misspent youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we, um, the, the, um, there's a uh, okay. The artist for that artwork is uh, a, a lovely individual named Dustin Harris, who was two years ahead of me at Evanston Township. Um, he's a DJ and an artist, and um, 
I went to school with his wife since like kindergarten or first grade. Anyway, so um, he's got this great kind of, uh, you know, sort of hybrid um, graffiti style. And um, he did an amazing job. Him coupled with the, the, the guy, Nick Gomez, who does most of our can art, they like merge so beautifully. And I just love that art. And you could tell that it's a DJ who did it. Cause it's like, there's a, uh, you know, there's an, there's a house and then there's a crate of records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah. So I, I love the fact that a guy that I went to high school with did the art for a beer that kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say that officially, but um, let's say uh, reminiscent of a high school party. Right. But of course, nobody was we when it was you know when you were eighteen back in the day before we were legal to drink. Anyway, it's not celebrating underage drinking at all. It, it's absolutely not. We all had yes, it's not celebrated at all. All right, let's talk about music because you're obviously a music guy. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Uh, the the things you you've been doing with space out of space. I, mm-hmm. I know fingers crossed knockwood uh out of space is going to happen at your place this summer um you can buy tickets and mm-hmm. if the show goes on you're in luck uh george clinton and parliament funkadelic i mean come on yeah yeah i mean, I mean the whole all four days we know the, it's the not, case yeah drive by, drive by truckers and jd mcpherson, JD McPherson. yeah big boy big boy freaking big boy um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we know it's not going to happen in June, but we're going to try to make it happen, um, some point later. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll figure this out soon, but yeah, we're still crossing our fingers for 2021 June. I mean, I think that, um, I love where we're going as a country in terms of, um, you know, I, I love that, you know, president Biden has said July 4th, small group gatherings, like I will take it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so hopefully. Yeah, so hopefully later in the summer we'll have we'll have uh, the, those four. We're still we have our fingers crossed, and we we have some good vibes coming there. Yeah, I'm totally sold on this lineup, and I've said this before. I really do feel like craft breweries are so similar in so many different ways to independent rock groups, independent musicians. Just the the way they market, it's word of mouth, supportive community, and so when I see you, you know posting news of these really cool independent artists. I'm like, Hey, that just makes sense. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's really kind of you to say, I think everybody at the brewery is um, a big music fan. You know, it's certainly not a requirement for being hired, but uh, it just turns out that way. And um, uh, like half of our staff are also graduates of uh, Evanston township high school and um, Jake Samuels, the guy um, who is um, basically, well, I don't want to like belittle anybody else's role, but I think of him as a head honcho at space. Sorry, Davis. Um, and so he also went to ETHS. And so from the very get go, I mean, they were around before we were, but you know, he reached out to us um, pretty early on and said, you know, how, how can we make Evanston more fun basically? <laughs> and we had a big parking lot and beer. Yeah, well, that's it. There's the answer for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't want to bury the lead, and or at least want to get back to it. Where I'm from is the new Hazy IPA. 100% of those proceeds go to the City of Evanston's reparations funds. That's amazing. That's giving back to the community that has been there for you. I, I am thrilled to see Temperance coming out on the other side of, of this mess, and uh, 
we can still support you. We can we can drive up and and buy beer from you, and hopefully, come July fourth, we're 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 sitting outside. We're 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 having we're having a beer together. We're enjoying an escapist. Yes, at the very least, we are planning like uh, DJs basically all day on Fourth of July. So we awesome. can at least chill in the parking lot, drink some beers, enjoy the sun, and have some tunes. Awesome. Again, Temperance Beer Company, two thousand West Dempster, in the party town of Evanston. <laughs> getting there. It's getting there. I like it. I like it. Owner, owner Josh Gilbert, thank you for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hang on. <laughs>